I think if anything for people to get from this podcast, it's not whether you are plant-based, vegan, or if you are someone who does consume meat. It is, do you get enough plant diversity in your day? Hurdlers, Emily Abadi here bringing you another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. Today for the show, I am chatting with my good friend and past Hurdle guest, Dan Churchill. He is a performance chef, and we unpack what that means in today's episode. Also the owner of the cutest, most perfect cafe here in New York City called Charlie Street. He's really just a lovely human. Today, Dan and I are talking all things plant-based diet. So many questions answered here. Everything from what exactly is a plant-based diet? Does that mean that I'm eating absolutely no animal products? Do I need to take supplements if I'm consuming a mostly plant-based diets? How many fruits and vegetables does one eat on this sort of thing? What are the benefits? Why do we keep hearing about this? Do I need to go all in to reap those benefits? We answer all of these questions and more. Before I get into it, I do want to thank my sponsor at Beam. I have been, oh my God, every night I look forward to this, drinking my Beam Dream Blend. Basically, it is a cinnamon tasting hot chocolate. In it, it's got reishi, L-theanine, magnesium, of course, Beam's signature nano CBD, as well as melatonin. And basically, when I take it, I feel like it's easier for me to get to sleep. And when I wake up the next day, I'm less likely to hit snooze. I feel like I have more energy to power through my morning workout, and it just makes me feel better. I have exciting news. So if you opt in for a Beam Dream subscription, which is already 20% off with the code HURDLE at checkout, you can save an additional 15% off your first month, which means that you can save up to 35% off at checkout at beamtlc.com. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com with the code HURDLE. Now, of course, that code applies to everything else they've got on the site. So shop around. And if you need any recommendations, I am here to facilitate. Again, head on over to beamtlc.com. That's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com and use the code HURDLE at checkout for at least 15% off today. If you haven't done so yet, I know I say this all the time, but please head on over in to Apple Podcasts and rate and review Hurdle. It makes a world of difference and will hopefully help other people discover this podcast that you love oh so much. And while you're in there, make sure to subscribe to Dan's podcast called The Epic Table. Follow Hurdle over on social media. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And I do want to say just one more thing. I feel as though, and I feel like everyone I talk to has been like going through it lately. (laughs) I feel like we kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel with this Corona thing, but it also feels like it's not here soon enough. So I just want you to know if you are like frustrated and feel like the world is crashing and that whatever that you're doing is just not enough. You are not the only one that may be feeling this way. We are going to get through these hurdles as they come. And together, we are stronger. If you need a little bit of support to keep you going, head on over to the show notes and click the link to join the Secret Hurdle Facebook group there. We've got a whole lot of support and good vibes going on. I got your back. (laughs) With that, 
Let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Dan Churchill. He is a performance chef. We're going to talk about that term in just a second and also a podcast host of The Epic Table. How are you doing, Dan? Emily Vine, this is uh, usually I have the honor of every Tuesday morning of seeing you, you know, devour delicious gluten free chalk banana muffin at Charlie Street. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to do this remotely. But uh, no, I'm, I'm very well. I'm very well. Disappointed I'm not seeing you in person, but nevertheless, always good to hear your voice. I know. Well, a couple of things worth highlighting there. First off, Dan is the owner of a little adorable cafe down on Kenmar, if you're local to New York, called Charlie Street. They do have delicious banana chocolate chip muffins. Huge favorite of mine. And they've been one of my saving graces. I mean, just being there in a safe capacity over the last year, maybe not as frequently the last few weeks, just because the cold has been so extreme (laughs) here. But I was in quite the little routine of uh, doing a little track workout, biking over to Charlie Street and having like a little morning for myself. It was quite awesome to see you and your element of morning routine, no doubt you talk about all the time. And to see you, uh, you know, just kind of sitting and chilling because I know that lives like we live can be quite hectic. So no, it was always it was always a pleasant, uh, beautiful surprise to see you on a Tuesday morning. Yeah. Oh, you're so sweet to me. Well, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because the last time we talked for the show, episode 12, Dan Churchill, May 20th, 2018. It feels like another lifetime. Wow. I remember that in that lovely studio and you got, wow, that was just an awesome moment. That was epic. Was it two years, three years ago now? Three years, three ago. years, three years. Wow. And I think the craziest thing about it is I look at the photos that we took that day. You look like a child. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And to be honest, if I shaved what, uh, what we would to some degree, discretion call facial hair right now, <laughs> it'd probably be the same situation. I definitely have a baby face and I have to, <sighs> I have to cover it up with um, this you know, somewhat hair that I have on my face at this point in time. So before we get into the swing of things today, before we dive into our topic, which is talking about plant-based eating and a plant-based diet, give me a little bit of a rundown on what life is looking like for you these days. Yeah. So uh, I think 2020 was an interesting one where we kind of in forecast, but 2021 is something that uh, just like I was excited at the start of 2020, the restaurant, obviously the restaurant industry right now is pretty tough, but we are, we're releasing a product that's going to be truly game changing in the plant-based sector as well, which is really, really cool. So that's one key event that's got. And then with myself, I've, you know, continue to grow this podcast around human performance that no doubt people just, your, your audiences love getting some phenomenal guests on and, and whatnot. Uh, I've got some pretty key events out there that I can't talk about just yet that I'll be uh, being a part of with some partnerships, but two just really cool things. And just like, just side note, I think we always talk professionally I'm really excited to crush a half Ironman this year. And then I know you know this well with the, the marathon game. I'm, uh, I'm excited to do the New York City Marathon again at the end of this year. Hopefully it goes ahead. So building, building, constantly building our brands and, and making people healthier through food is uh, what I do. I love this. I love this for you. Talk to me about the Ironman. Do you have a, a specific one you're eyeing at the moment? Yeah, there's one on the 22nd of May in New York. Uh, it's New York. Uh, actually, it could be, oh, geez. 
forgive me. It's on the 22nd of May. I know that much. I've actually booked it. And just for some, I didn't obviously have my fats this morning because my memory is terrible. Uh, but, but essentially, I'm going to be doing my first half iron, man. I've been really inspired by a lot of people I say uh, across all platforms that are in an industry and then either, you know, are just on the side doing something like this. And for me, I'm, I'm always you know, I'm always doing very active things, whether walking on my hands or whatever, but I haven't done like a, a competition in a very long time other than the marathon. So I'm looking forward to training for that, documenting it. And then obviously having all the people that I'm fortunate to work with from their food and, and their nutrition, and then actually apply get them to give me help now. Uh, some of the best, um, you know, people in the sport and also just individually swimming, cycling, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I dig this for you. We need to talk about offline how I can get how I can get involved. So, okay, and then give the hurdlers a little background on uh, your experience as a chef before we get into talking about all things plant based. So, how long have you been in this line of work, and have you always been someone who cooks and thinks and operates with this plant based mindset? Yes, yeah, so interesting. So. I uh, I guess that I was a chef before I was a performance chef. And before I was a chef, I was a strength and conditioning coach. If you guys need a bit more of information on that, you can definitely listen to episode 12 of the Hurdle Podcast for sure. But essentially, I transitioned from, you know, I, I did my degree in my master's in exercise science and then transitioned to uh, becoming a chef just because I just saw there was a, a massive, massive issue that no matter – what level athlete you were, there was always this uh, ability to disconnect with nutrition because it was just, you know, somewhat foreign. So I, I, you know, knew the nutrition landscape through uh, my my studies. I dealt with athletes because I was a strength and conditioning coach, and so I had the ability to build rapport already and uh, actually apply recipes because I'd been cooking from a young age. So I essentially transitioned from being that strength conditioning coach to then apply, uh, applying my nutritional knowledge through food, through recipes. And then after that, like honestly, I wrote cookbooks and then it allowed me to come to America. And here I was working with teams in Australia. Here I've been able to work with teams and individuals. And so what it entails is I, I have athletes who, you know, you've got a nutritionist and – the ability for nutritionists to outline what individuals should have, or they tell a chef what to have, it's the application that matters. And I think that this, whether you're an athlete or not, it applies to you as well. It's like you can build up as much information as you know your brain can handle. My job is to help you actually apply that information to your goal set or what you're trying to achieve. So now what I do is, you know, if I'm, I have projects where I'm uh, consulted to go into heavy competitions and look after a team or an individual. And there's a lot of project-based, um, you know, information I have to analyze going into that. And so I break down their gut microbiome. I look into what their habits are, what they've been having. So I understand, you know, what they can handle and how much of a drastic change I should, if any, make. And then, um, you know, that, that kind of, aligns myself to also apply that to everyday individuals who are, you know, looking to improve themselves and improve their human performance. So I apply my physiological knowledge that I get from my studies and also the fortunate people that I get to have on my podcast that just share their wealth of expertise. Like, you know, it's amazing. We're pretty much, and you know, this like having a podcast is like doing an MBA because you have a guest on each time that you learn so much about an area of the world, which is exciting. So um, through that, I'm able to apply that knowledge and help cook meals and also help facilitate nutritional understandings to athletes as well as individuals if they uh, wanted. 
If someone is brand new to the Epic Table podcast, give me one or two episodes that they should kickstart their listening with. Oh, such a good question. Uh, and, and no doubt the, the number one straight off the bat is with Dr. Will Bolsowitz, or known as Dr. Willie B. He's, um, I call him Dr. Willie B. Dr. B is what people know, uh, generally speak you can call him. He's, <laughs> uh, he's a, a gastroenterologist. He's amazing. He's known as the Gut Health MD on Instagram. He's written a book called Fiber Fueled. And he's just, uh, his podcast is by far the most popular one I've ever had. And listening to him speak about the gut is such a beautiful understanding of what goes on inside of us. And I've, I've, I've always had a respect for the gut and the microbiome, but I think people listening truly get a grasp of firstly, uh, his expertise, what we are, what we are achieving with bridging the gap between human performance and cooking on the Epic Table podcast. And then on top of that, getting people to actually apply it through, um, you know, questioning what they're having and actually thinking about it. So this, this like the, between that and Andrew Huberman, Andrew Huberman is one of the smartest people I've ever had the fortunate uh, opportunity to talk with. He's a neuroscientist and he's a cool neuroscientist. He's like, honestly, if you could put a billboard of someone who's cool and can actually speak to people, uh, not that, you know, neuroscientists can't do that. It's just like, you think neuroscientists, you think NASA or like Mars or something like that. And he's, he's just uh, a really cool dude. And he's also one of the smartest people I've ever met. So they're the two podcasts I would definitely recommend. Both of them have done multiple podcasts with me, but leading into the plant-based sector and like, I've built up such an understanding of uh, literature, reading references, review articles, double placebo blind studies, all these things and, and speaking to people like Dr. B and uh, other people in the health industry. And there's a lot of similarities that come across all these studies that despite the confusion we have with what to eat for ourselves, there's a lot of uh, similarities when it comes to the benefits of plants. And that's essentially where... I've really focused my attention in that I think if anything for people to get from this podcast, it's not whether you are plant-based, vegan, or if you are someone who does consume meat, it is, do you get enough plant diversity in your day? And I think that's what's most important for people to remember. And we can go into that if you wish. Oh, for sure. So first off, needs to be highlighted this sentence, I've always been a fan of the gut. Just need to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me first and foremost, let's outline what is a plant-based diet? Because I think a huge misconception is that you can have absolutely zero, absolutely nothing to do with animal products or anything animal. So let's first outline what a plant-based diet is. Yeah. And I think I'll use vegan as a, as a great comparison. There's actually a difference between plant-based and vegan. So um, plant-based and there's, there's plant-based and there's plant food, whole, uh, plant-based whole food, right? So there's different iterations of it. Essentially plant-based is you derive the majority and if not uh, all your um, intake through plants and plant style products. Plant whole foods is where you would not use any processed ingredients uh, that may be you know, derived from plants. So you could have some sort of processed uh, CPG product that is uh, formulated to still include no animal products, but it's, uh, it's obviously processed. So that could be under plant-based, but a plant-based whole food diet is one that would not include processed ingredients. Now, that, why is that different to vegan? Uh, well, veganism is a inclusive of the plant-based aspect, but also it, it is more than just the diet. It actually is surrounded by um, 
you know, the lifestyle choices about, you know, not purchasing anything that's, whether it be pharmaceutical goods that's had tested on animal studies or uh, even um, clothes you're wearing. And, and there's there's different layers and tiers to it. But essentially, the, the plant-based uh, aspect is, is uh, you know, you got, kind of, can kind of look into three kind of categories, if you will. Now that we know the breakdown, let's get into the benefits. So talk me through some of the top-level perks to eating a plant-based diet. Sure. So really important to understand, and this is the most important thing that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently writing my next book, Em, and this is really exciting to talk about. The most important thing that people need to know is you are your own gut. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter what you read, what I tell you. At the end of the day, you have to listen to your gut. And the term bio-individuality is so important here. And so, you know, I, I think my purpose of why I'm answering like this first is if I say eat plant-based foods and you do, and so you're still getting irritations or, you know, you're getting some concerns, it's so important to not just do things because you were told to, but to actually listen to your gut. Your gut is smarter than we think. It's connected to the brain uh, actually quite directly, but essentially it's so important. We'll kick that off by that. Number number two. So once you've kind of got that fathom around, we can go into detail on how to listen to your gut a little bit more. We'll talk about the actual aspects of plant-based diet. Now, we can say that with very, very absolute confidence that despite the fact if you're plant-based or not, the most important thing is to get plant diversity. I said that earlier. Now, the reason for that is you have prebiotics, which help feed the probiotics, which lead to postbiotics. And we talk about this in that same podcast I was telling you about from uh, Dr. B. Now, why is this important? The prebiotics are the dietary fibers, the starch, the resistant starch that we want to break down to help feed our probiotics. Now, probiotics are our warriors. We have this microbiome, this, this uh, flora, this essentially these warriors, which we actually have more warriors inside of us than we have our living cells. So it's important to look after those guys. And then you have the result of the prebiotics being consumed and, and you know, had by the probiotics, we, eat, we result in postbiotics. Now, postbiotics are short-chain fatty, you know, short fatty acids. And with this, we have the ability to look after our intestinal permeability. So there's all those kind of things. They have the ability to connect with the brain. They help the ability to send off the right messengers. And they have all these anti-inflammatory properties too. So with all that in mind, why is it important to eat a diversity of plants? Well, with each variety of plants, they provide a different number of dietary fibers. And the more variety of dietary fibers in that prebiotic, you get the probiotics, get their diversity. Now, the more diversity you have, the better it is to create a diversity of short-chain fatty acids. So to put this into like a, a really simple analogy, like if you had a team, if you had a bunch of LeBron James, no, actually, it's probably not a bad, no, that's, that's a bad idea. Okay, how's this? You've got Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is an amazing pocket, like whatever you want to call him, he's a wizard. But if he doesn't have anyone to defend him, and if he has no one to throw to, He's, 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 it doesn't matter who he is because he can't score unless he just runs the whole field, right? So the importance of having a diverse team of microbiota is so that each one has its role and each one does their job to perform the or instigate the right neurotransmitter or the right uh, you know metabolic pathway to take place. So that's one of the benefits is like your plant diversity helps instigate anti-inflammatory responses. It helps instigate a lot of properties of you know, insulin sensitivity. So, you know, preventing the onset of diabetes. We also look at things like longevity and actual cognitive performance. And this is why it's interesting because you have the brain connected to 
the gut quite directly through something called the vagus nerve. And what their job is to actually do is to help work with each other. So not to deviate too much here, but if you eat foods that do not uh, you know, cooperate with your gut, your brain knows about it and then you know about it. And so there's all this signaling that goes on. So I think it's important to look at plants because they contain the dietary fiber we need, the resistant starch they need, and they do contain proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. The most important thing, and I, I say most important thing, is that we do not talk about this enough. And that's why I say it's most important, not because it's actually more important, but because I don't think we talk about it enough. It contains the micronutrients that we require to thrive. And to use another analogy, you can have all the proteins in your system that you want to build strong, healthy muscles. But if you don't have the resources to apply those proteins to where they need to go, if they don't have the highway or the truck or the vessel for them to travel down there, which is the night, a part of the uh, micronutrients, or the ability to activate enzymes to actually get them to do their job, there's no point having the proteins in the first place. All they are doing is just floating around in their flotation device, chilling, and to some degree, actually creating a lot of chronic inflammation. So on one side of it, they contain the dietary fiber we need for our prebiotics, that are our prebiotics to feed our probiotics to result in our postbiotics. On the other side, they also contain plenty of micronutrients that we require to thrive. So is that, is that how's that sound? <laughs> it sounds great. I'm going to be mindful of the fact that although I do think a good chunk of my audience knows who Patrick Mahomes is, we're talking about like a quarterback throwing yep. to the rest of the people on the field. <laughs> he needs the rest of the players. <laughs> Just want to make sure nothing gets lost in translation yeah, with the analogy. I should, I should have. Uh, sorry, apologies. I'm very big on sports analogies. Love no, it. no. I think your sports. I was completely following the sports analogy. <laughs> but I want to make sure that we totally understand what's happening with a plant based diet. Sure. Okay. So lots of perks here. You mm. mentioned the word protein mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, in a little bit different of a sense here. But talk to me about. The big concern that many have when it comes to a plant-based diet about the fact that they may not be getting as much protein as they would if they were leaning into more animal-based products. Cool. Awesome. The most probably uh, if Google search aspect if we're plant-based. So we all think that we need uh, animal-based product to get our daily intake. So I'm going to break that down first. So if you are trying to build lean muscle, one of the best ways to do this is to see if you obviously get adequate uh, intake of your protein. And so one of the measurements we talk about is uh, one of the studies talked about having to, in order to build 10% lean muscle, you need to have, if you are working in uh, body pound, if you're working in pounds, which most of your audience are, times your pounds uh, by 0.6, your body weight. So for example, if I, well, we're weighing right now, like 178 times that by 0.6. And that is uh, the amount there is the amount you should be having in grams of protein daily, right? That's to build 10% lean muscle, right? If some people look at that and go, that's an astronomical number. Some people go, I'm hitting that easily, right? And this is again, going back to bio-individuality. So it's important to look at what we are having in, in its entirety and know that there's protein and there's protein. You have amino acids, 20 amino acids that make up uh, a complete, the ability to have complete protein, some of which we actually have inside of us already. Then you have the essential amino acids we require to actually get endogenously, meaning we have to consume them. Why this is important is because animal products are complete proteins. They all contain things that we need, all in one. Whereas plant proteins, not all of them are. There's a few that are actually. 
and there's things like quinoa, which is, and there's a number of others that um, I can share a little uh, link to later. But essentially the importance is most people think they don't get enough protein purely because there's not a, uh, you know, there's not the complete protein in that they don't have the entirety of the amino acids we require to make up uh, the completion to in order to help our body function. But there are ways you can do this still and get a combination. Uh, this is a really simple one, but a PB and uh, J uh, sandwich on you know, typical um, beautiful sourdough with uh, you know seeds from the peanuts and stuff, that actually contains the complete protein. Now, I know it's not like, well, Dan, I'm not going to have a PB&J um, naturally, but I'm just saying as an example of combination of foods, an exciting one, I might add, that's where you can still get your complete protein. Why this is important? Well, there's certain things that the plant-based diet does not have in amino acids but heavily. So leucine is one of the amino acids we need to look at. And there's multiple ways you can still get that from certain plants. And it's actually more obvious than we think. But that's generally speaking the biggest thing that people uh, get confused about or, or question rather whether to go off a plant uh, whether to go plant-based is whether they're going to get enough protein in their day now i will tell you it doesn't matter how much protein you consume it doesn't matter you can have 400 grams of protein a day which is an astronomical number and that can come from whatever source it is it's more relevant and so much more important to focus on how much your body actually absorbs mm. and that's the most important thing to factor in and this is where your bio-individuality comes in. Your ability to break down protein is completely specific to you. You may be less efficient or more efficient than MRI. And you may have a particular protein or an enzyme that's more capable of doing something that we can't do. But conversely, a nutrient that we break down or a type of uh, you know, food that we break down, we do better than you. And this is why it's so important to factor in that some people don't have the ability to break down animal protein. Some people don't have the ability to break down plant-based protein as well solely without animal protein. And this is proven. I have athletes who are plant-based. I'll be honest. I have athletes who are plant-based who want to stay plant-based. I have athletes who are not plant-based and want to go plant-based but just aren't showing the signs of performance. Athletes are different and I want to continue to uh, peel on this point, M, because it's so important that whilst everyone – Everyone wants to look into a way to build their human performance. They have to look at just for them. So mm -hmm. pod, like the most important thing around uh, plant-based or not, as I said, is to eat more plants. So the biggest thing, as I said, is not having enough amino acids. And there are still ways you can do that. In fact, I see a lot of people have a much better absorption rate from nutrients from plants than I do from animal products. And I think the the next question that someone might have listening to this show would be, how do I know how my body is absorbing these things? And that's where I think a lot of these new, I don't know how, how you would label them, um, either apps or products that are hitting the market that mm -hmm. are helping us understand like how our metabolisms are working. I know I had um, Casey Means, she's the founder of Levels Health on the show. Yep. Um, I know also uh, there's another product I tried recently for the first time called Vessel. Yep. Um, but you can either lean into one of these products to understand how your individual metabolism is working, or you can, of course, go in and consult with a registered dietitian, a nutritionist, an expert who can give you some real insight into what's going on with your body. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's multiple things now. I, I like, you know, you, we look at Whoop M and we see Whoop and we're like, that's great for recovery, but doesn't talk about gut microbiome. There's a lot of quantitative things now. Levels is definitely one of them. Zoe is another one. And all these things that come out that are enabling us to do that. Before that, it was very subjective. You have to listen to your gut and to actually to break down 
you know, whether or not something's actually going to be efficient for you. I keep using the chickpeas analogy. Chickpeas full of a lot of, uh, you know, particular types of iron, great in protein for some plant-based individuals. But despite all this and the beautiful taste that we get from that lovely dip of hummus, some people cannot digest legumes just, just as well. And, and that's just unfortunately the situation. So if I said to people, go plant-based and make sure you get your beans, your legumes, all that stuff up, and they're like trying to get their proteins, and all of a sudden like, Dan, I've been doing this for like five weeks. And I've got really bad digestion. It's like, well, we have to listen to your gut. <laughs> you know, if, you're, if your bowel movements are irregular, if the type of bowel movement you're having is not, you know, that strong. And of course, if you're not feeling that well, well your gut's going to react to your brain and vice versa. And it's just going to create a big, big, big problem. There are ways around that. And there are ways you can look at maybe what you're consuming. Uh, maybe it's not the actual product itself or where it's grown and all these other aspects. But, you know, essentially... If you want a quantitative analysis, it's really simple now to get these uh, these devices sent to you and they, they come back with a beautiful test result as well. The question that comes up, and you have kind of touched on this as we've as we've gone along today, does someone have to go all in on a plant-based diet all of the time to reap the benefits? I, I'm just going to be, yeah, like the answer is no, um, in my opinion. And and the reason for this is going back to that that sense of the number one thing I said is bio-individuality. And I'd love, I'd love to see more people go that way. I really would. I myself are not completely plant-based. I have a lot of plants in my gut. I have a lot of plants in my diet. And I reckon I would say I have, I don't have red meat. I, that's why I'm bringing out this product is to be good for you and good for the planet and, you know, rid the, rid the, um, the world of things that are going to be too bad for us and a bit more sustainable for the future. But I, I have lots of fish. I love my fish. When I say lots, I probably have it like four times a week, uh, and eggs. And it's just like, you know, I, I know that works for me. I can go plant-based for like right now I'm doing my intermittent fasting uh, and I don't know if you see, but once a month I, my, my community do it and we do it the first five days, Monday to Friday of every month. And along with that, we set different challenges along the way as well. Hey, let's do a whole two weeks of plant-based and all these things that we do. It's just like, it's, it's actually good to stimulate the body. It's great to refresh the mind. There's a process of autophagy that we get from intermittent fasting. It's another, another, um, another topic of discussion, but more so like the, pro the process of cleaning house and looking after your body and stimulating it and giving it things that, uh, you know, you're not, you haven't just focused on for some time is amazing. Just rhetorical question for your listeners. It's like, what happens when you remove animal protein from your meals? What do you cook? And it's like, I don't know what to cook. And that's an exciting thing. It's a scary thing because people are like, I don't know what to eat. But if you remove something, you're forced to think about what you can replace it with. And that's where like, you know, people like myself with recipe creations, easy, simple tips who have the, like, this is what we do, right? We provide the resources for people to go, okay, I can actually do this. And what happens after some time, people go, hang on a second. I've just created five recipes in the past month that I never had before. And all of a sudden when you are short on time or you have a, a lack of protein, it's like I made this, this thing like two weeks ago. I don't I have to stress about adding protein to my diet from an animal source. I'm just going to make sure I get the complete protein from this. So in answer to your question, it's like you don't have to. And actually, in fact, I implore people to actually go and try to be uh, solely plant-based for a certain period of time. And not only will you get certain benefits and you may get some digestive changes just because that's the way it is. And we can touch on that's the reason why I really focus on athletes certain period of um, certain 
time prior to actually working with them. But it's important to really get that shock because you also also get a learning experience you get from cooking new different tasty meals. I've got plenty of those on my website if everyone needs to know as well. And I also think as with anything in our health, whether it is perhaps someone with a goal to lose weight or to exercise more, you can't always go from zero to 100. In fact, most experts would uh, caution against it. Sometimes you have to ease into it, as you're suggesting, figuring out a certain amount of time and also not being so hard on yourself with this all or nothing mentality, being positive and welcoming and satisfied with the fact that you are consciously trying to do something good for your health. And there might be a few hurdles along the way on brand, but you know, what's important is that again, you are trying to do something good for your health. You are trying to make positive progress and you can't be too hard on yourself in the process. Absolutely. And that's part of the journey anyway, set yourself a goal and achieve it. And if anyone's ever concerned about like, you'll definitely, you definitely lose weight on a plant-based diet. If you don't eat enough, I have 340 pound linemen who want to be plant-based. And it's like, dude, you got to eat a lot. That's just, I'll be straight up honest. And that's awesome. So I'll just make sure we get you that, that intake. But if you're ever concerned about generally, you know, if you've got any uh, individuals who want to make sure they maintain their weight or even put on weight plant-based, I've got two people I need you to look at. Number one, his name's Simon Hill. He's an Aussie. He's got a podcast called Plant Proof. The guy is big. Like when I say big, he is lean and he just looks like he's jacked, right? He's so big. Now he's plant-based. He actually has a podcast all about evidence-based nutrition. The second thing is his name's James Newberry. James Newberry was two years ago, the fifth fittest man in the world. He's an Aussie. He's also plant-based. So if you need to think about your performance, that's a pure example of one guy who is, they're both jacked. They actually, they both look very similar to be honest. Uh, and they're both Aussies. So they'll, you know, they're good always to fo- give them a follow. The second thing is, is James is like his performance. He performed as a plant-based athlete and got fifth fittest man in the world in CrossFit. So like, you know, I can tell you what works and what doesn't. It comes down to buying individuality. It also comes down to your mindset and what you can do. So like, you know, it, like that's why it's so important. Number one, key, key takeaways so far from this podcast, bio-individuality, listen to your gut. Second thing is eat a diversity of plants, whether or not you are plant-based or not, right? If you, if you look at your gut, th- uh, your diet throughout the week, see if you can actually target 30 different plants. Sounds like a lot, but after a while you're like, Okay, if I add a, a spices do count as well, full of rich antioxidants and they're plant-based. So just think about that and that's a great target for people every single week. I like it. I like it. Okay, winding down a few more questions. First question, for someone that is leaning into a plant-based diet, do they need to think differently about their supplement intake? Ooh, great question. I believe, first and foremost, that supplementation is an add-on. And I know you agree with me on this, Em. Mm-hmm. Not a replacement. And I think if anything, whole foods instigate the ability to not have a supplement. Now there's things you can think of about B12, iron, all these things that, uh, you know, we do get concerned about when it comes to supplement, uh, uh, being plant-based. I will say seaweed, kombu, like all these beautiful things like kelp are rich in things like iodine and certain forms of uh, nutrients we actually don't even get from plant uh, from animals. So you can supplement with proteins and, and whatnot. I will just stand by the one supplement that you and I, you know, and we talk about this all the time and we've been working with them for years before we actually started using the product. Athletic Greens is the supplement, whether you're plant-based or not, you should have. 
And it's, you know, for all the prebiotics, the probiotics, and it obviously results in the postbiotics with tight digestive enzymes. But other than that product, if you are looking at things like your B12 supplement, look into that. Maybe you look into your vitamin D, but ultimately your protein you can still adequately get if your body allows it to be from the right sources. And I don't think you have to worry about anything else. Women, particularly around uh, pregnancy, definitely have a think about your iron. I will say that. So, and, and then but look into how much, I, I, will, I will actually uh, challenge people on this on, who are listening right now, look into actually enjoying some seaweed. And you'll be surprised at first at the flavor and the umami, like my, the chef side of me is just getting super excited. Like <laughs> it, is, it, it adds so much to like adding kelp or like, you know, miso, some sort of wakami into a broth on a particular day like today. It is one of the best things you can do. Um, and, and so, yeah. So what I say is supplementation, maybe a B12, uh, maybe an iron. You can look at protein supplementation, but I would first suggest before you go down that route, look at what you were getting from your everyday foods. Also, I mean, obviously you threw enough, you threw athletic greens into the mix. We are both huge fans. We both work with the brand athletic greens has over 300% of your daily value of B12. If that's something that you're concerned about when you're talking about a plant-based diet, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm just like kind of also sitting here laughing because I'm like, you know, regular application. I'm thinking of my listener. She's listening to this. She's hearing you say like, Nim, you should incorporate seaweed into your diet. And she's like, is this guy crazy? Uh, (laughs) Trust me. I know it sounds weird, right? But like spirulina, (laughs) everyone's talking about spirulina. Where do we think we get spirulina from? It's from seaweed. It's from our ocean. Exactly. So it's like the most dense, it's one of the most dense uh, proteins in general. So like in terms of its size and how much protein it gives out, it's actually one of the most dense proteins around. Problem is like its size isn't that much. So like, you know, you you may have a teaspoon and of that teaspoon, like 70% of it is epic protein, but obviously it's a teaspoon, right? So it's not, it's not going to do wonders. I will say spirulina is amazing. I will say on top of that, just make sure you get from the sources that aren't uh, being affected from where they are actually being sourced from. Um, but yeah, so I, I think people go in the supermarket picking up seaweed and adding it to a broth just naturally. And that's all it is. Tear open the packet, chuck it in some sort of stock you're cooking. Or if you have a curry or even if it's just like not even Asian inspired, you can just chuck it in and it adds what's called umami. So like in an Italian dish I have that's plant-based, I add miso paste. Miso Hmm. paste has got tremendous amount of fermented benefits. But what does it do from a chef perspective? It adds uh, umami, which is this savory note we get from like parmesan, tomato seeds, uh, you know, mushrooms, all this lovely savory note that you don't get sometimes in a lot of the plant-based sector, but you get from fermented foods. So, why? So uh, back to what I was saying, seaweed's great for you nutritionally. It's also great for developing um, depth of flavor. I am now inspired to order sushi later. <laughs> okay. Uh, rounding out here, second to last question. We mentioned earlier uh, nut butter, the benefits and beauty of a great peanut butter and jay and some solid mm. sourdough. I do think that a concern that some people have when it comes to eating a plant-based diet and leaning into something like a nut butter for their protein is that they could be overdoing it even though they are healthy on healthy fats. Talk to me about that for a second. Oh, how much time do we have him? <laughs> 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 it's uh it, it, okay so the, the topic of fat is is huge so and there's i just had uh 
the gentleman from Mastering Diabetes on my show and they blew my mind with what actually is, it could be the cause of, or actually has been proven to be the cause of insulin um, resistance. And, and to break that down is fat, you know, there's a number of things. People think we consume fat and it can lead to us being fat. And, and that's, you know, there's some old adage in that, there's some new things in there. And obviously overdoing anything is not good for you. So what do I mean by that? If you if you had too much broccoli, you would actually have problems. And I know that sounds weird. It's like, well, you know, that doesn't sound. I reckon I can have the most. No, if you have too much kale, you can overdose on something called gargoyen. So it can actually happen if you go that route. And it has happened to people before because it's, uh, you know, you have like the histamine responses, all this kind of stuff. But my point is, fat is required by the body. You do need to consume it, but yes, you can over do it. Why is it important to break down fat? You have different fats that we have. We've got omega-3, you've got omega-6, uh, they're polyunsaturated fats, you've got monounsaturated fats, you've got all these beautiful things that come from plants as well. You want to avoid vegetable oils, but nut butter is a great one because I think a lot of your listeners who uh, think about being plant-based or not still consume nut butter. I, I'm about to break my fast in about two hours with smashing uh, PB&J oatmeal. So <laughs> why is it important to think about this? They say that 15 grams of protein, uh, sorry, 15 grams of fat in your day is enough. And this is according to the gentleman from Mastering Diabetes, which is this, the amount of, say, one, uh, I think one tablespoon of chia seeds, which is rich in omega-3s. Why is it important? So I don't know if, if 15 grams is uh, too little. I, I look at everyone's diet and I see that, you know, like athletes I've worked with, they require fat for cognitive performance. So they need to be alert and focused. They also need to have the, the I guess, the, how do I put it? Your brain is made up of majority of fat, right? Like if you look at the percentages of proteins and fats and carbs, like it needs it. It also acts, if your body breaks down, uh, you know, certain fats like MCTs, we can then use that to go directly into the brain, which passes through blood-brain barrier very efficiently if we are low on glucose. So there's a number of different benefits consuming fats and type of fats. But to put this really simply, I'm not going to put a grammage on it because it's definitely based on individuals what i will say the benefits of fats are we do need them we need them to you know look after everything from our brain health our cognitive function our anti-inflammatory responses obviously everything around our you know, ability to keep us nourished and look after areas of uh, organs of our body and i think one thing that we uh what we don't know is that what i learned so much from the gentleman from mastering diabetes is we hear diabetes in general and why this is relevant to now is I'll just say it's like you have to think about what you eat with it. So if you're having fat with, say, proteins or carbs, just be aware of like how much you are having with respect to that. People are overdosing avocado. I think avocado is overconsumed. I, I know that for a fact because I work at a place that has avocado on the menu and people double down on it, all that kind of stuff. What I will say though is if you consume a high level of fat, with some carbohydrates, it will affect your insulin sensitivity. That's all we know, that, that we know that from the podcast. We know that from the gentlemen, their studies. So it's important to probably hang around that 15 to 45 gram uh, at max mark of fat per day. That is a wide range. And again, I mean, that just speaks to exactly what you're saying is yep. that everyone yep. is different. Everyone really needs to pay attention to what's going on in their body. And you can't compare what necessarily works for someone else for what works for you or what will work for you. Yep. The last 
kind of thing that I would love to touch on here before I let you go is if you could possibly give a loose example of, I would just say maybe a day of eating for you, but a day of plant-based eating for someone who, you know, you're very fortunate in that you have really great, clean, beautiful ingredients available to you at your kitchen because you're, you own a great cafe here in New York, but for someone eating at home wants to get better at having a plant-based diet, what would a day of plant-based eating look like? I love how you said loose. And then I got a little nervous because I'm like, this could go so wide. Uh, <laughs> I could I could just keep going. Okay. Yes. Great point to make sure it's not me. Let's go. Um, all right. So to be plant-based, I think I'm just going to say what a generic situation would be. And to, to break down, um, I think gluten is something that, people believe it or not don't actually have sometimes that gluten sensitivity i will say and if you want to listen to like the three factors to how you actually have to have these three factors to become gluten uh intolerant or having celiac disease you can listen to that episode with dr b but so for the for the preface of this you can have uh you can have gluten so i think one of the best things you can do starting off the day uh is an oatmeal at any time, whether you're doing an intermittent fast or not, I think it's full of uh, you know fantastic different forms of carbohydrates. Best thing is you can top it off with whatever you like of the seeds, the nuts, the jam. Like when I say jams, like the fruit. There's a variety of things you can top off your oatmeal with, and it's like it's like breakfast for dessert. People say that, and I love it. And if you want a number of different recipes, I've got like ten on my website, so you can check that one out. I also suggest that when it comes to like a lunchtime, I think. I'm being realistic of what people have on the go. And even if they're like, you know, having, do you reckon, let's just go with on the go. So like, I think a wrap is great and it has, it does have carbohydrates, get a whole, make sure it's a whole wheat one or a sandwich. It's whole seeded. Now, do people want to avoid carbs? That's totally fine. Believe it or not, you need carbs to survive. And so on that, you can have, I would say like 10 different uh, ingredients and that could be everything from obviously avocado, your Brussels sprout, uh, sorry, your, uh, oh my God, oh my God, bro- broccoli sprouts, sprouts. We need to talk about broccoli uh, sprouts in general at some point. And, uh, you know, tomatoes, I, you know what, just make it simple. I would suggest a sandwich or a wrap with 10 ingredients on it in total. All right. And that sounds like a lot, but believe me, when you start to, when you start to get into it, it's like, actually, it's not that a lot. Then the, the thing for dinner, I would go veggies, right? Just a massive curry. Honestly, vegetable curry, get five ingredients in there, make a curry paste. And you, you to make curry paste is really simple and you combine it, put it in your fridge. And then all you need to do is add coconut milk to it and add your veggies and you're done. Have that with some rice or something else like sweet potatoes or whatever you got going on. And you've got a pretty solid day. Have some nuts throughout the day, make a smoothie, uh, depending on where you are with your, with your, you know, everyday means, but that's kind of like not all weight loss. That's like an everyday kind of um, requirement for someone who's trying to make sure their energy is high. I'm glad that you popped in and said, have nuts throughout the day, have a smoothie, because I would say that personally, my mm, downfall is a strong word, but I am certainly a snacker Mm. and within moderation and like trying to be better about it. But for me, like snacks are an integral part and smart snacking is an integral part to having a healthier overall diet for me. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I also like, you know, I think the word snack has definitely become a bit of a, uh, it's, it's been, how do I put it? People don't like it for a number of reasons, but it's been demonized. It definitely has been demonized and you do need to give your body adequate rest to build up that autophagy process. 
but there's also the need to actually survive and provide the energy. And, and a lot of the times I find people are, I call it skinny fat. They avoid eating. And as a result, they break down proteins and <laughs> it's definitely not what you want to do. It's not good for the brain. It's not good for you. It's not good for your mental state. Um, you know, there's a lot of problems. So snacking is great. Fruits are great. You know, I, I'm not, a, there's, there's actually really good yogurt out there called Coco June. That's plant-based. Uh, we actually use it at the cafe and these guys are amazing. The, the actual probiotic in there is really good and it's the best one I've had. So if you want like a yogurt in the afternoon, I recommend a Coco June yogurt, maybe some nut butter. If you have it, um, some fresh fruit game on. So we learned absolutely nothing in this episode. I feel (laughs) (laughs) like there was so much to digest and I myself, I'm probably gonna have to listen to it at least four or five times and take notes, but thank you so much. I mean, the wealth of knowledge that you have, it's so helpful. I can't encourage the hurdlers to, to follow along with you, to listen to the Epic Table enough. Dan, how do they follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me the details. Oh, you're amazing. Yeah. So best place is uh, Dan underscore Churchill on Instagram. You've got my website, danchurchill.com. And then uh, wherever you listen to podcasts like this wonderful podcast, we are at the Epic Table podcast. So for all you hurdle listeners, we love you. And uh, yeah, if you want to come subscribe to the Epic Table as well. And if you're in the New York area, go see Dan IRL at the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 